It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, an emotional day for the Colorado Avalanche uh, and yours truly. Uh, probably Shaggy Von Doom as well. Uh, the Avalanche raise the banner and then get to work and taking care of business with the Chicago Blackhawks 5-2. to two. Uh, this team did not miss a beat, and you always wonder about that stuff. At the start of a season, you don't want to start slow, but it happens. No rust on this Avalanche team whatsoever. They went out, took care of business. Yeah, they turn right around and play a much better team in Calgary, but forget all about that right now. This was a day of remembering just what the Avalanche did not that long ago in winning the Stanley Cup. And the banner went up. And like I said, then they got right back to business, and it's let's do it again. Started off on a great, great foot. lot to get to, so let's get started. Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, I don't know about you. I mean, I mean, I was I wasn't a puddle or anything like that. You know what I mean? But um, the 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 chills came back. The you know there there was some mistiness going on. Like that, that was a, a very well put together uh, remembrance of uh, the the Avalanche winning the Stanley Cup, and then the Jack Johnson thing just yeah. added to it all. My God, uh, we'll get to it all. But first things first. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. You can follow us on our social media outlets, LLPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Lockdown Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, and opinions, go to LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com and follow us on our YouTube channel over at the YouTube. Hit subscribe and get notified when a new show goes live. Uh, let's start at the beginning of the night, Kyle. And yeah, the, the banner goes up. Stanley Cup was in attendance. The whole team gets announced. Uh, Mark Hoppus from Blink-182 comes out. They show that montage during all the small things. Just And it, and it went along like at a good pace. Uh, they didn't drag it out too long because there is a hockey game to be played. But I thought they hit all the right notes. And uh, it, it was just a, a good, almost like send-off to that season before we start the new season. Very well done by the ass. Yeah, and they... I completely echo everything you say they did it it was just right it didn't overstay their welcome like you were just kind of sitting there like okay let's get on with the game like we right. get it everything was impactful tastefully done and we could i mean the avalanche could start you know taking the thank yous for getting blink 182 back together so everybody's saying i mean yeah and, and like the, the original band got back together and announced a tour which will be at ball arena which i would love to go to that because you know it's going to be an exciting time um but yeah, yeah it, was, it, it was it was properly done the jack johnson moment it didn't feel shoehorned or cheesy like the referee the night before wishing everybody a good luck to the season like yeah that was <laughs> that weird was uh, but like they handled everything the right way and it felt good and it felt like because now the stanley cup is it's gone it's gone back into the case it's gone away and now it feels like all of the pomp and circumstance with the Stanley Cup celebration is also gone away. It's now a new season, and now we have a lot more to look forward to, especially after the performance. And you know what I, I did for like a, a brief moment? 
Uh, I forgot Landis Cog wasn't playing in this game <laughs> because he came out like he's they announced the whole team. Um, and then they had him take one more lap with the Stanley Cup. And during that entire time, I was not thinking to myself, he's not playing in this game. It just I think it was just wrapped up in the emotion of everything. Um, and I I'm pretty sure he was in full uniform. I think he had all his pat. Maybe I'm mistaken. I gotta go back and watch that, but I I it, if he wasn't in, in full uniform, I wasn't thinking of it. I was just like, oh, that's Gabe Landeskog, our captain. Yeah, I'm going to be watching him play in a little bit. No, I ju- it just escaped my memory for a second. But it was great to, to see that yeah, and and him do that you know, with the cup like one last time. Yeah, it, 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 it fit. I, it was one of those like seeing him go around. I'm like watching him take that lap. I'm like, you know. We could put a stick in his hand. I think he'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> as long as he skates that fast, yeah. not, which is right. not too fast. Yeah. Uh, as long as he could get to the slot and we could just start throwing pucks at him, we'll be all yeah. right. I mean, put him out there just holding the Stanley Cup. Like, we don't need him to, in, instead of a stick, like, just, that will be, yeah. Just everybody else. Or, it probably uh, would have still amounted to a win for the Avalanche, uh, <laughs> at least last night, because they they got on the ball right from the get-go um yeah. after all the the you know like you said that the cup goes back in its case um and then there's a new season to be had and you hear all the right things like teams always say this stuff like oh you know we're forgetting about it and i think it's just human nature to to kind of like i don't want to say dwell on it but make that a a, a moment in your life for as long as possible mm-hmm. and i was really interested to see how the avalanche start i wasn't really too concerned that they they wouldn't win the game but i thought there was just going to be some just wrapped up in the emotion of everything and uh then as the game went on maybe just a, a couple shifts or two to get into the flow of a game but that didn't happen like the first shift they were on it and nathan mckinnon was he he is he's ready to go. Like if there's any doubt that like for whatever reasons he's going to slow down because he finally won a Stanley Cup, um, you clearly don't know Nathan McKinnon and how he's built. He wants multiple Stanley Cup championships because he wants to be known as one of the best ever, and that's what you need. And he, you kind of have that hesitation going into the game last night after you see that Rangers a Lightning game. Um, the Lightning were in that same Stanley Cup, and it looked like they took hmm. nine and a half months off. They looked terribly rusty. Like, that game was just sloppy. It was not a great... That Rangers-Lightning game was not a great game. So, after watching that, you wake up the next day, and you're like, what is Colorado going to look like? And it looks like we won the Cup last week. Yeah, They're playing with that same intensity, that same speed. The passing was very crisp. They were setting up so many good shots and Nathan McKinnon I've said it all off season what is going to be his challenge what's going to motivate him I guess just waking up is his motivation and he's just ready to conquer something every day because mm-hmm. he is a man possessed every day and you can see it in his yeah. play and it kind of rubs off on everybody else and you can see a like new hook look good there were so many guys that were stepping up and doing their job and it looked so good yeah. And they looked good for most of the game. There was a little bit of like a lull, I'd say, like in the third period. Um, Chicago kind of got back into the game four to two. Uh, and that's the thing with hockey is like, even though, as you know, the Avalanche are clearly a better team, but you know, it's hockey. Like anything could happen. 
you felt comfortable, but you, you, you just still had in the back of mind, like, man, if Chicago gets one more, uh, who knows where this thing could go? And then they're at four to four to three, but um, they get one late to make it five to two, which is your final. Andrew Cogliano is our uh, our first goal of the season. I, I want to see how long the Avalanche can continue this trend <laughs> of guys that you just don't think are going to score the first goal of the season. Last year, obviously Jack Johnson. This year with Cogliano, it, and I think that just goes to show you, like you can get it from anywhere yeah. um, with this team. So. Um, Let's hear from Bet Online, and then we're going to kind of get into individual players and uh, you know some stats and and overall things that we saw from the Abs, which were were good and and maybe one bad. There there is one bad in in this game, and it kind of carried over from last year. So, uh, but first, BetOnline.net, your number one source for football betting, and now hockey betting, of course, for this season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game that you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all of your sport waging information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball's playoffs, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head over to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Once again, that's betonline.net. It's where the game starts. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so let's kind of dive into individual players. Like we said, five to two for the Avalanche. Um, And we're saying like, yeah, they picked up where they left off from last year. And uh, so might be the case for the penalty kill because <laughs> that yeah. was maybe the one downside for the Avs. Um, they, they struggled as the year went on uh, last year with the penalty kill. And the Blackhawks were two for three. Their two goals were on the penalty kill or on the power play for them. Um, and then face-offs which we always hound on the Avalanche for. Uh, the Blackhawks were 61% compared to the Avalanche 39. So those two things didn't start off so swimmingly for the Avs, but uh, you know, when you're flying around and, and you're kind of in control of the game, uh, that's not as glaring as it might be, say, Thursday night against Calgary. You don't want those stats to, to be the same against a team like that. Against a team like Chicago, you can kind of get away with it. Watching the Boston-Washington game, I saw them pop up the Amazon face-off stats. Mm-hmm. And I was like, please don't put those up in the Colorado game. I, I'm going to lose sleep over it because I just don't want to see stats that quantify the reason for my psychosis when it comes to their face-off. And it, of course, it's not great. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something they will work on. And yeah, we'll I mean, hear it. right. they'll, it'll be the company line. Like, yeah, we're working on those face-offs and it's yeah. whatever, but yeah, the penalty kill, it will need to be addressed. But a lot uh, of the times that Chicago capitalized on their power play, like LOC overcommitted, um, like it's, it's bad positioning. It's not like they don't understand what they should be doing. They're just in the wrong spot to be doing it. Yeah, uh, it's 
I mean, it's nothing to worry about right now. I think just because that's like a hangover from last year, there might be some people like wondering, like, are we going to go through this again with the Avalanche and their penalty kill? Just just let things play out for a little while. Just don't, you know, bank on one game or, like I said, a hangover from last year. The Avalanche power play, four out of six. So that's fantastic. And let me tell you, man, and I even tweeted about it. Last year, like their power play was fine. I think they were top 10 power play last year, uh, but it, it it left a lot to be desired because it was just kind of like cookie cutter and, and by the book. And what you saw last night was a lot of different looks from the abs. And it wasn't just the 3D second yeah. power play unit from the first power play unit. There was so much more movement and it wasn't just the drop back pass yeah. to Nathan McKinnon. Sometimes, uh, Kale McCarr would just bring it up himself, and it and they also didn't do if they did the drop back pass. Nathan McKinnon always does that like shuffle pass right when he gets to the blue line. It sometimes gets breaking up. Teams know that's coming. They just crowd the blue line and interrupt the pass. He would bring it all the way into the zone. It looked phenomenal. Yeah, and they were just moving around. Everybody, they weren't stagnant. They weren't staying in their area. And just be like, okay, this is where I got to be. And let's just pass the puck around and just maybe we'll just get a shot on net. And the, it was so easy for the defense last year a lot of the times. And I think the Avalanche were a top 10 power play team just because they have so much skill. Like skill is going to beat out, a, a, you know, a, a team that's a man down yeah. more often than not. But when you're doing this, when you are doing what the Avalanche were doing and just constant movement, and when they decide, like you've got the, the passes going around, you know, out by the blue line. And then when they wanted to attack, it was bam, 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 yep. and a shot on net. Absolutely loved what the Avalanche were doing on the power play yesterday. Please do that all year. Oh, if if uh, the power play, if they could continue the dominance and the different looks and sharing that hive mind, like you talking about um, when they were ready to make the shot, everybody would attack. It was like everybody knew. It was like a, a drawn-up play. Like it would be this many passes and then we're all going to attack and just how everybody would collapse. Or if it wasn't there, taking the long stretch passes around and resetting and then whatever power play look they brought, it all looked so uniform and orchestrated. It was incredible. And for every power play last year being the drop back, the shuffle, I mean, it was even a running joke in the playoffs. Like, Kenny Albert was like, well, we know what we're they're doing yeah, for this did. power play. <laughs> so, like, to go from that to literally every form of the power play you could possibly do, even the 3D, and it to run efficiently, mm -hmm. four, four, like four for six is it's a pretty good number. Yeah, it's not bad. And and one thing that the Avalanche were doing were they were taking chances with some passes. You know, they they last year like. I think especially in the power play because they're so talented and they have so much skill, they wanted them all to look pretty. Yeah. And they wanted these passes to look pretty and like these crisp passes. And at some point they, they almost abandoned that Nathan McKinnon cross ice pass to Miko Rantanen. Yeah. They hardly did it after a little while. And I think last night, like they, they, they took some chances on some passes and if it gets broken up, so what? You can you can get it back. You have two minutes, and and you you, you know you have you have all this skill that you can 
collect the puck mm-hmm. and try something else. But if you don't at least attempt those passes, the defense knows you're not going to attempt those passes. So when you do, it's like the running game in football. Like if you never run, the defense isn't going to play for the run. They're just going to play for the pass and you have no shot. So when you do these passes, even if they fail, that's a positive for the the grand scheme of how the power play is running. And it was it was an absolute thing of beauty last night. And I think it works twofold because honestly, let's be real here. I mean, this is locked on avalanche. So we're all kind of the same idea here. There was really no question the outcome of the game tonight. And the avalanche could have went in there continuing to do what they did. Like they didn't have to get creative tonight or last night. They could have just continued just just being avalanche hockey. Right. But introducing all these little wrinkles, all these new looks, um, not allowing like Nathan McKinnon to fully open up and take the game over. Not allowing Kale McCarr to fully open up and take the game over. It was it was Lekkinen. You had so many other guys stepping up. Mm-hmm. You know you have Calgary that you're playing back to back tonight. You're not telegraphing the 2022-23 Colorado Avalanche. If Calgary's trying to game plan, they still don't know what they're going to get in this Colorado Avalanche because they have so many new looks. This team is completely different but they're still playing with that same level of energy yeah. and skill that you've got teams on their heels. Now you can't Could look at the playoffs like last yeah. year. You you can't watch that game tape in the, the quest for the cup series and say, ah, we figured out this avalanche team. We'll be prepared for them because this is a completely different team, how they run. So this year, good luck. Yeah. Uh, I loved it. Um, as far as uh, some stats go, we'll get into uh, some individual players. Uh, you know, your your big names for for goals: two from Arturi Lekkinen and two from Val Nichushkin. So, uh, two guys with with brand new contracts uh, already stepping up, and uh, Lekkinen added an assist. So, a three point night for him. Um, Cogliano, like I said, with the the one goal. Um, McKinnon with two assists on the night. Miko Rantanen, four assists on the night. Four-point night for him. Um, and then on the defensive end, you had uh, Taves with an assist and Kale McCarr with two assists. So your big guns are already off and running. You know what I mean? Like you want to see this stuff. And you want – you don't – you don't. it's not – I don't want to say you don't want your, your bottom six, you know, making up for – the lack of the top six trying to, you know, get anything done. The top six was just like, no, we're, we're, we're starting off with a bang. And uh, yeah, I mean, you can still say it's, it's Chicago, but it's a professional hockey team. Like you're not going to make excuses for that. So all those guys were just, were on it. Like there were so many possessions that they just kept it in the zone and just did what they wanted to do. It was just an embarrassment of riches. And you got to see Sedlick and Myers. Under 10 minutes. So they're still conditioning, working with them. Mm-hmm. And our boy, well, <laughs> Curtis McDermott, was out there for 10 minutes. I'm telling you. Yeah, he was. It's, and so. he's on that line with with uh, Sedlick and, uh, and Myers. And I kind of felt bad for Ben Myers for a little bit because uh, you, you could tell, like, there were so many times he was just working. And, yeah. and he's, ha- he's got the puck along uh, the boards or down low. And, you know, who's he got it to pass to like Curtis McDermott and not that it that's 
you know, he's just not like an offensive powerhouse. So when you're Myers, Yet. like, <laughs> give know, it time. Yeah. I mean, if you bumped him up to the third line and he's making those moves and then can pass it to someone like JT Comfer or something like that, obviously it's a big upgrade on the offensive department. So I don't know, like Myers, I, I feel like he's in a, in a tough position, at least of maybe like producing points. Yeah. But you're not, you know, your fourth line is is there to, you know, just keep possession, don't give up anything, and you know, and then then just stay out there for your shift and let the first line go at it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean McDermott was he was all in last night. He he made some pretty good moves, and there was even one play where he was still out on the ice and Nathan McKinnon was out there. Yeah. And McKinnon the puck rolled off of his blade, but he McDermott was setting himself up nice to have a pretty pass from Nathan McKinnon. And man, that would have been uh, a, a, a highlight for the rest of the season. Nathan McKinnon passing to Curtis McDermott for a goal. That would have been unbelievable. And I was, I was about to say that about Myers when it comes to like his work, what he puts in on that fourth line, you also have the opportunity to hold on to that puck and wait for that first line to come out there. So he can, he yeah. can still get rewarded for that work seeing a fresh cheat a little bit and stay out there (laughs) right um i had uh tweeted about this too after the the first period which was just all avalanche uh that top line of lekanen rantanen and mccarr excuse me uh mckinnon sorry Mm -hmm. they had a a corsi four and this was just five on five i didn't count the power play because i think they had like three or four power plays in the first period yeah so just the five on five, they had a Corsi four of 23 combined and a Corsi against of zero. Nothing. Zero. That's 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 awesome. Wow. If you include the power play, I think you can add another like it was like 12 or 13 shots. So it was somewhere in like the mid 30s to nothing. They were just dominant. They were dominant. And even when the game got to four to two, like I said, you always, because it's hockey, you always had in the back of your head, like, man, I hope this doesn't go off the rails. Um, they needed a couple shifts that, because it was just going back and forth. There was a lot of back yeah. and forth, and they didn't have any like sustained offensive like possessions. And you just needed them to do it. And they did. And it was like a little bit less than 10 minutes left. They didn't score on them. They scored on one later, uh, but they just had those possessions to just. Keep, get the momentum back. Not that it was going towards Chicago, but there's really no momentum. We're just back and forth, back and forth. And then they had a couple possessions where they had some nice shots on net. Um, and then then you felt like better. It's like, all right, we can turn yeah. it up if we need to. And then they had that last. I think it was a power play goal that got it to, uh, yeah, it was Nachuskin's second on a power play. Got it to five to two, and and then that was it. So um, Yeah, that, that little lull, uh, it, it had that feeling of going into the intermission and – kind of celebrating with the boys like hey we're really doing great out there and then you realize oh we have to do this for 81 and a third more games yes yeah we have to we have to relax just a little bit long road uh you did you did have a little bit of throwdown between uh josh manson uh, i don't remember who he was a lafferty i think it was yeah because yeah, he went he tried to go low and he didn't like how manson took that yeah uh, well i mean i mean he went low he, lafferty went down on his like it was bending down to try to get around me. I, I don't know. It, it wasn't. I, I, it was I will down. say Manson's play in that whole game. He is mm-hmm. quickly becoming one of my favorite 
avalanche players like, yeah he just there's a huge job there's a huge nas hole in my heart that needs to be filled by somebody oh, and gonna be... i love i love manson both on and off the ice and i really like his play was it stood out a couple times where i'm like okay i see mm-hmm. you yeah i'd like to see what he does against calgary but i mean it's chicago so everybody looks great i would like to see what he does against calgary He's just solid. He just he just does his job. Um, he doesn't. I, he knows his skill set. Like he doesn't try to overextend himself because he's on a, you know, Stanley Cup winning team. He's he's not trying to to do things or be someone that he's not. Uh, which I think a lot of people could maybe do if they come over to this team and they see the yeah. speed and the skill and the offensive like powerhouse that they are. It's not him. He, he's yeah. not going to all of a sudden be Kale McCarr. Uh, you know, on both ends of the ice. And he knows that he just plays his defensive game. He can he can fire the puck if he's got something mm-hmm. open, and he's not afraid to do it. So uh, yeah, he, he's he's a great um, addition. He was a great addition when they acquired him. So Gil yep. Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Uh, the return of the Lockdown Avalanche soundcheck is here. If you are new to our uh, humble podcast here, last year we started a uh, segment called Lockdown Avalanche Soundcheck. And what that is, is after every game, win or lose, Kyle and I will pick songs uh, that we feel most uh, resemble the game that was just played. We throw them on a playlist on Spotify. This is uh, volume two right now. We 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 put well. We started the the new volume with obviously Blink One Eighty Two. We just put um, two songs on there uh, to start the season, kind of like getting the juice flowing for the season. And now we do them after every single game. They get added to that playlist. So go over to Spotify if you subscribe to that. Just search for. Uh, LOA Soundcheck, uh, Volume 1 will already come up. If you want to subscribe to that one, feel free. That's still up and still awesome. And Volume 2 is here now. So yeah. It's an got? audio coffee book for your season last it's year. so good. Like We didn't start Volume 1 until halfway through the season. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited that we have a full yeah, – th- yeah. this playlist is going to be beefy. Uh, and and the one from last year, like it's a great set list. Just yep. you know, whether if you if you need a, a playlist to work out to, or just do uh, you know chores around the house, or if you're gonna mow your lawn, you got your headphones in. Perfect playlist for that. So let's get volume two uh, underway. What do you got? This one is going. Everybody knows I'm a huge heavy metal punk rock guy. Well, so that's naturally, the other thing I want to say. Like, yeah, yeah. We we a lot of it is like heavy metal rock driven but we threw some disney songs in oh there, there was some disney year. in there. there there's a, a it's a big roller coaster of emotion uh, when you i even put butt. that poopy stupid butt <laughs> in there somewhere so that that'll that'll pop up at one point so prepare so, yourself yeah. so what do you got portugal the man love him do what we do like this what? is honestly the abs clocked in clocked out they went right back to work like there was no lapse in none of their play, the cohesion, the energy, just the clear separation on where the Colorado Avalanche sit amongst the league. Yeah. They do what we do. Yeah. Portugal, the man, will remind you. 
Now, which album is is that one? <sighs> That's the uh, one with the. Uh, it's the, the, the the car on fire, or is that? No, it's not, not the, the. It's uh, like the figure standing there. I think it's like holding the. Oh, I, I can't remember the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. It's it almost looks like a Led Zeppelin album. Okay. Cover. All right. Um, and they they had a nice run. They came out with an album every year for like a handful of years. Uh, it was yeah them and uh, the Black Keys. I used to just Portugal yeah. the band and the Black Keys. I would listen to them a lot. Good stuff. Yeah. Perfect title too. Perfect title. So, and for me, I'm kind of going off of everything the whole night and like pretty much, you know, all of the emotion of uh, just that last moments that we had with the Stanley Cup. Um, and because of that, I'm going with a, a song by OAR, uh, which is called Love and Memories. So it's what it was. It was a great night all around. And yep. um, in, in some way, I'm kind of glad they were going up against chicago just because i just wanted a a, a nice easy win just yep. to start the season and i and at the same uh aspect like i'm happy that they're turning around the next day and playing a, a much better team so it's like okay we got with the, memories on it <laughs> yes exactly exactly with kadri and everything so uh it was just a Big great he's still there too and he is yeah you forget about him too but um it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a much different night, especially because you're playing on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, but for at least for for night one, it was just a great moment of, of memory. So yeah. uh, you know, like I said, our last hurrah with the cup, and now it's back to business. So yeah. you get one <laughs> night full of love in front of your home fans, and then you go right to defending Stanley Cup champions, getting hate everywhere you go. Yeah, right. So. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's our two uh, songs for the sound check against uh, the Blackhawks. Again, go uh, follow that playlist over on Spotify. Um, and we're also going to each game give our player of the game. We'll, we'll kind of go, I guess you can call it like a three star thing. We're not going to dwell too much on two and three. We'll throw out who we think two and three are, but uh, we're each going to have uh, who we think was the player of the game. So start at number, well, give me your number three and your number two. Number three would be Nuke. Okay. Not just numbers, but his presence. Like he's awesome. He's on another level. I can't wait he's to see awesome. what he strings together. Yeah, totally agree. <clears throat> and who would be your number two? Lucky. Um, he is the definition of a spark plug. That guy is everywhere. And like, mm-hmm. the same things we were talking about Erod in the preseason, Lucky is embodying that and taking it to another level. Another player, I cannot wait to see what he strings together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number three for me would be uh, Nathan McKinnon. You know, mm. two assists uh, mean, you know, nothing. The way that that guy was playing, uh, yeah. watch out, league. Like we always talk about Kale McCarr and how he has like a, a, another level. That could be the same for Nathan McKinnon, as scary as that. Like, have we seen the best of Nathan McKinnon? I would argue that you haven't because he's yeah. always had, you know, injuries here and there. Uh, so he's never really strung together a full 82 game season. And, and if he can do that, well, maybe he has like when he was his first couple of years, maybe, maybe he did play a full 82, but ever since this new Nathan McKinnon, this Nathan McKinnon is really like yeah. propped up to one of the best players in the league. Um, man, if he, if he's going to play like that all season long, we're in for a treat, and I think the league is uh, on, on notice. I don't know how it's possible with, with Nathan McKinnon, but 
Um, you're just going to see crazy numbers out of this guy this year. So yeah. he'd be my my number three. Uh, number two, I'm going to put uh, Miko. Great game by him, obviously with the four assists. So when you have you know four points in a game, um, you're going to be one of the top players of the game easily. So interesting. Uh, and who would be your your player of the game? Game number one. I just pumped the tires on two players, but and curious about what they're going to bring. My number one player is Miko yeah. because all during the fanfare and celebration, how great it's to see Kale McCarr hoist the cup, Gabe hoist the cup, Jack Johnson, Darren Helm, Nathan McKinnon. Nobody talks about Miko. I was a little critical of Miko in, in the playoffs. Um, and he had, he had this sneaky good playoff. He did. Um, but he, he, he I don't know. He just wasn't to me. He wasn't like rising above everybody, he, which is whatever you know. As long as you know the numbers are, are what they are, and he he had really good numbers, uh, but he wasn't like I just didn't feel like he was his normal Miko like kind of dominant player for some reason. Well, so now he's not the highest paid player on the team. Now he could go hmm. be Miko. He doesn't have that when he doesn't have a great game that satisfies the Avalanche fans. Like he had an incredible statistical postseason. It wasn't Miko like, but he was logging the stats. But he doesn't have that. Why are we paying him nine point whatever to play like this? Yeah. Now Nathan McKinnon's got that that burden. Miko could be Miko, and I think I know you said this last year, but I think Miko might have a better year than Nathan McKinnon this year because awesome. he's got no pressure. Nobody talks about Miko. Everybody talks about everybody else on this team except Miko, and I think he's getting tired of it. Well, it's not only that they, you know, talk about other guys on the team more than him, uh, but, you know, they focus on on guys more than him. Like, like it, you know, him and Nathan McKinnon on the same line, you got to focus on one of them. You're going to focus on McKinnon. So sometimes, you know, he gets the spoils of all of everything else. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, he very well could have a statistically better season than McKinnon, but. I just want both of them to go off and be completely fine. <laughs> Can't we that, just so. get both at the same time? <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah, Miko, uh, fantastic game one for him. You'll love to see it. For me, I, I got to go. I, I wore his jersey during the whole game. Uh, it, was, ah. it was This was my, you know, because it's got the patch on it. So I was like, oh, I got to wear the, the Lekkonen jersey. And, um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be really difficult for Jared Bednar, we don't know how many games Gabe Landeskog is going to miss. Um, and I think it's going to be really difficult for, for Jared Bednar to put Gabe Landeskog back on the first line if Lekkonen is going to keep playing like this. At least, at least you know, if, if he's got all this momentum going and he keeps putting up games like this, you can't drop him down. You ride that out till you need to make some adjustments, and then you make adjustments and put uh, Landeskog back on line one if you need to do that. But uh, Lekkonen is is going to have – this is another guy. We're talking about all these guys that could just have these career years. Yeah. Um, and that's why this Avalanche team is so dangerous. Fantastic game by Arturi Lekkonen. And it's more than just the two goals and the one assists. Uh, he, he's a, a, a mini Nachuskin on the forecheck he's fantastic at it and he's got good speed he's got great scoring ability he just finds ways to score he's i think he's going to be one of these players 
that you kind of wash away like where he played before and he's going to cement a legacy in Colorado for years to come. And when you look back at his career, you're only going to know the avalanche years. Oh my God. Yeah. Cause what he's only what? 23. He's going to be like, he's going to have that same uh, path that EJ did where everybody forgets that he was a member of the blues. Uh, Well, Kyle froze. Oh, no, I think it's on your end. But, yeah, I think he's going to have that same trajectory where... Uh, uh, yeah, there you go. There, there you go. Back. Okay, but go ahead. Where everybody forgets that EJ was a member of St. Louis, and they always... I've always remembered him being in Colorado. Same thing with what Lecky's about to put up and do and stay in Colorado. I thought he was a lot younger. That He's 27. Yeah. Wow. I, I thought he was like 23, 24 years old. <laughs> Crazy. Um, yeah. So I, I agree with you, though, about saying like, you know, it, when his career is over, like it, it will be, you know, avalanche heavy because they're not going to let this guy go. He, he's he's nope. something special. All right, everybody. Uh, that will wrap it up for today. Game one. Couldn't ask for uh, a better day from from top to bottom. So uh, now we do it all again on Thursday at the Saddle Dome. Uh, it's going to be a much different game because this yep. is a uh, a much better team. Um, I know it's only game two, but you know this could be an East or Western Conference final. We obviously long way to go, but uh, this is going to be uh, I think a good matchup early in the season. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So we will be back tomorrow to discuss all of that, and I'm sure there's going to be some emotion going on yet again. Uh, two days of emotion when it comes to this team, man. I, it's got to stop at some point. I just want to watch some hockey. I don't want to get the the eyes welling up, especially with... Well, it's going to happen when Kadri comes back. To, to yeah, that's, that's going to be rough. That's what's going to happen. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in and making this your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. Uh, you can catch us tomorrow. We'll be talking about Avs and Calgary Flames. Until then, he is Mr. Kyle Shaggy Von Doom Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli. This is the Locked On Avalanche Podcast. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go! Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.